0: My name is Kaleem Spool, Guardhouse Kennels. It was formerly known as Gorilla Juice Kennels. Um and I uh I don't want to say specialized, but I guess as far as oldies are concerned, we not when it was gorilla juice kennels I specialized in uh performance style oldie bulldogs. Um you know, nowadays when you see oldie bulldogs you see more of the extreme dogs, very short. Uh short at the Withers, you know, little eighteen inch dogs that weigh like eighty pounds that uh really really can't function as 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 much as the other performance breeds. So uh I started using, you know, better performance dogs and um that was on Gorilla Juice. Now I moved on to uh I changed my name. The reason for the name change is because Gorilla Juice Kennels to me sounded kind of Kind of cartoony, you know, and I wanted to get a little bit more serious in what I do. Uh-huh. So I decided to move away from from the name Gorilla Juice Kennels, and not not even the not just the name, but also the breed as a whole. You know, i getting away from the oldie bulldogs only because of you know uh, the way society is today and and the change, the huge change in, in uh the the oldy bulldog standard um, and what what these registries accept. So I decided the only way to combat that, to combat the the cool colors and the, the cool looks that everybody's going for and the way to combat, you know, paper hanging and all that stuff is to create my own breed, which I can actually, uh, manage. I can micromanage it because it's mine and I can make sure that the standards stay true. Um, I can make sure that breeding for color never happens, at least not while I'm alive. And, uh, I can give you know, have freedom to get back to the utilitarian type uh, type um, breeding. You know, the reason that these dogs would breed is the uh, utility dogs. They're supposed to be able to go out and catch game as well as defend property from man or, or defend their, their owners from man. Most of these oldie bulldogs can't do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm going to call my dogs the American, American Bull Visor kind of a shout out to uh, the Bulldogs of, you know, the late 17, um early 1800 times um, in Britain where, uh, you know, the range was wide. They had, uh, they had game. They had dogs that they would use to protect, uh, protect from the game and the predators. They would protect their, you know, their, their what is it, their livestock from the predators and such. So, uh, they had these big Big, bigger, bigger bone bulldogs, longer backs, a uh, little bit longer muzzles, um, that are very, very performance, uh, based. Uh, they can function very well. So they would have these dogs go out and catch the game, catch the livestock, or protect from, you know, whatever it needed to protect from. It was just a utility dog, um, not pretty in any sense of the word pretty ugly looking dog but it was it was hardcore you know it was hard as in it would just go out and do do its job and come back and eat and that's what uh, i'm trying to do today um so that that's 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 me in a nutshell guardhouse kennels i do a lot of protection training uh do a lot of basic obedience with my dogs i'm only uh, i've got my foundation my first foundational breathing down um, without saying too much, you know, I don't wanna completely give away what I wanna to do to the public as far as creating this breed because it it's very meticulous and I gotta make moves very carefully. It's it's so easy to tell what you wanna do and you have somebody else trying to copycat the same thing and then they're not doing it right and the next thing you know you gotta you got a situation like the American bully, you know. You got a bunch of different types of American bullies running around, uh Some of them look really good, but then you got the exotics that can barely move. And that's because of people just taking other people's ideas and doing whatever they want with it and uh, calling it something else. So with that being said, um, my bowling visor is going to consist of three different breeds right now, um, all old school blood. So uh, I got... Uh, What I'm putting into the foundation right now, my first foundation cross is the old old English, old performance, oldie blood. Uh, So it's a lot of Rick Ali blood, a lot of game bread, American Pitbull Terrier blood from Grand Champion Midnight. Um, It's got some Able Bulldog in there. Uh, So we got uh, LGK's Mako. Anybody have ever uh, done anything with any type of performance style oldie or anybody who knows anything about oldies, they know who uh, Rick Ali's Bruno is. They know who LGK's Mako is. And it's just all old performance blood things that you don't see a lot of these days. You know what I mean? Right. Uh, so I got that. That's my first foundational breeding. So it's just double up on make, double Mako, double um, Grand Champion Midnight. That's basically the first breeding I've done. And that was uh, Jersey Capo. So uh, the next breeding I'm gonna get into is, I brought some Alapaha blood over here. Sure Alapaha, very old blood from uh, Thomas Lingren. So um, I got a, uh, an inbred bitch from Thomas Lingren and <clears throat> she's gonna go to my foundation male that I create, uh, produced out of Jersey and Capo breeding. So that will be my second foundational breeding. And then I have two more foundational breedings that are gonna be similar. Um, but I'm gonna be using German boxer, mm-hmm. pure German boxer semen that I've been holding on to uh that my you know, some of my mentors have been holding on to since nineteen ninety four. I actually have the semen and uh I was I was blessed enough to be able to acquire it and it's finally gonna be used um this year. I'm put German boxer to to Jersey, which is my uh performance style O D. And then uh we so have those three foundational breedings and then we're going to put everything together and, uh, just keep line breeding and, and hopefully develop some consistency and, and that will solidify, uh, my breed and, and what I want to do. So I came, I came up, man. I started, uh, started early. I was probably six years old when I first got into dogs. And I'm from Trenton, New Jersey. So I had a, a godfather who was real big. Real big on, on, uh, game dogs. You know, from the inner city. Trent, New Jersey is about eight miles wide, uh, with a population about 120,000. 120, so it's super congested, super small. And, uh, you know, a lot of, it's kind of the crab in the barrel scenario. So you gotta find ways to make money. So I had a godfather who was really, really big into the game dogs. So, um, that's how he paid his bills. I'm six years old, and he would have me come, and uh, you know I was cleaning up pens. I was cleaning up after hurt, you know, dogs that were just out of commission. I was helping them whelp litters. Uh, I learned, I learned a lot of stuff when I was young. I learned how to bring puppies back, and <clears throat> all types of different things that I, I've seen and been, uh, been involved with as a young and as far as the dogs are concerned. So, needless to say, it's nothing but. Game bred American Pitbull Terriers. That's all I I knew. Well, when I was young, I learned how to read pedigrees. I learned how to put breedings together. Um, learned how to work injured dogs and such. And uh, eventually, I got about probably like this was six years old. I'm like 13, and I I had enough. You know, I would go walk a dog down the street, and uh, you know, inner city, the cops would see where where you get that dog from. What are you doing with that dog? I got tired of the negativity, the negative stigma that was put. Uh, attached to the American Pitbull Terrier name. So eventually I learned about the oldie Bulldogs. And, uh, the first, the first, uh, my first experience with an old English Bulldog, it was pretty jacked up. I got a Sullivan's dog from some guy uh, in South Jersey from Seaside. And, uh, and I was so hype. I'm like, yeah, I got the, you know, got some good blood. I didn't really know too much about oldies, but I hear about this Sullivan's blood. It's, it's some old school stuff. It's the real deal. And I got it. The dog had demodex. He got Pop cherry eye. He uh he had the worst straight stifles in the world. And uh, I, <clears throat> then I started having him around my game dogs, and I'm like, what the heck did I buy? You know, this dog can't do anything. And uh, I got into and somehow you know between uh, people introducing me to other people and me doing my research on the internet, I, um, I linked up with Brian Miller. So uh, this is Brian from Ev- Evolution Bulldogs. And uh, he kind of became my mentor. You know, he became good friends. Um, he basically showed me the ropes as far as the oldie world is concerned. And I, I learned a lot from him over like, probably like six or seven years. This is in 2007. So, you know, me and him um, <clears throat> hit it off and, and he showed me, you know, what real oldies do, what, you know, what the oldie bulldog world is like. And uh, I just never looked back since then um, until recently with, you know, a lot has changed between 2007 and 2020 as far as oldies are concerned. You know, they are, they're not in the same position that they were in in the early 2000s. Right now, I, I see the breed that. Itself going downhill, um, very commercial, uh, and uh in need of a in need of a serious revamp. But uh, I'm just not seeing it happen um, anytime soon, which is why I decided to step away uh, from the breed. But as you asked before, I came up I came up uh, in American Pitbull Terrier world game dogs. So everything I do over here and, and my foundation, everything I do with my dogs, will be it uh, the way I feed, the way I work them. Um, the way I ask for them to, uh, execute some uh, command for me, basically everything I do, the way I put breedings, it all goes back to, uh, the way the game, the the way the game dog guys, uh, handle their dogs, Mm -hmm. you know, a lot, a lot more care, but a lot harder when it comes to testing and, uh, wanting, wanting the best from my dogs. Mm -hmm. Uh, right now we are working on, uh, (laughs) my own, uh, producing my own registry. So uh I have a name for it. Uh I try and keep as like I said, I try and tell you as much as I can without telling you everything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh so we're gonna call it the A B B A. Uh it's gonna be the American uh Bull and Visor Breed Association. Um so that's what I'm gonna call my registry and I'm gonna offer uh five generation pedigrees. I'm gonna offer uh the certificate with the 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 color the color pedigree with color pictures, so you can see the generations actually physically instead of just seeing a name. Um, and I'm also going to offer our uh, registry certificate, so that when I do, when people want to register their litters, they come to me and I send them the certificates with uh, with each puppy highlighted from that litter. Um, now, as far as the standard, uh, my breed standard is going to be posted on that website once I do get it set up. Mm-hmm. But uh, my standard is very, very similar to the Levitt standard, Mm -hmm. um, with an exception of uh, my females. My females being a a, a tad bit uh, smaller, Mm -hmm. and my males being uh, a tad bit larger than um, than uh, Levitt's standard. Mm -hmm. So uh, I could just start from. We start with the temperament. Um, As far as the temperament is concerned, I want a dog that is very. Confident, a dog that is confident walking into the room, um, very sound environmentally. Uh, I try to make sure that I test my dogs in every um, aspect of everyday life. So, you know, say it's raining outside, my my puppies will walk outside. I'll pop an umbrella open, you know, just to see if I can incite a, a reaction from them. And uh, what I'm wanting to get is is no reaction, you know. So I want a dog that's very calm, very stable, uh, but also with strangers so that's just something that's kind of hard for me to get as from using the game bread blood um contrary to popular belief game dogs are very very handler sensitive and they're very social they want to just socialize with people they love people and it's, it's pretty hard to get that high energy high social drive to knock it out of the dog and create them to you know ha- breed it out and have them be more aloof but that, that's my goal um and I'm getting pretty, pretty close to that. Uh, so temperament, like I said, consi- uh, confidence, um, aloofness with strangers. Uh, I want them to have some social, interact, some social behavior, but not overly social. I don't want them to be overly social. Um, and we can get back, get it, get into the phenotype. Uh, the phenotype, I want my dogs, you know, have a prominent, prominent head type, strong features, uh, I don't want the the muzzle the head the head's got to be the same or more in inches as the height of the dog. So I want the, the the height of the withers. I want the head to be more in inches or or the same. No, never less. So uh, that, that gives your dog that small headed look. You know, mm-hmm. um, you see some of the herders that are that are really tall and they have just these small peanut heads. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as phenotype is concerned, I, I want my dogs to have the same uh circumference in their headpiece as as their height um, large well developed jaws uh very powerful uh i want the skull to have the, that nice crease in the in the at the stop to the occiput. occipit you know this is classic bulldog type head um I want the undershot to be curved from the rear to the front uh but I don't want a super tight i'm sorry a super super loose undershot, you know, I want it to be tight, damn near a scissor bite, except uh underbitten. So, um muzzle length, uh eventually I want my dogs to get down. Right now they are pretty long muzzled. Uh Capital One boy's got a three finger muzzle. Jersey's a two finger muzzle. I want my dogs to be right at two and a half. Mm-hmm. Uh two and a half fingers or the muzzle no longer than than the width of their of their of their uh, jaw. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's how I do my measurements there. As far as the back, um, I want the back to be nice flat top line with a slight roach. When you get towards the, uh, the rear, just very, very ever so slightly. Mm-hmm. Um, nice tucked waist, 12 sprung rib cage. Um, as far as the, the chest, uh, down to the, uh, passes are concerned. I want that, you know, classic bulldog look, nice and, nice and squared off. Um, and I and I want you know from the from the feet <clears throat> up to the withers and across you know to, to create a square visually. Uh, the feet I want I got some really nice cat feet, nice arched cat feet, and I want to continue with that trend. Uh, as far as the as far as going from the the loins <clears throat> back to the stifles, or, you know, you up to the the flank into the stifles. I want that to be nice, smooth, and sleek. Not as deep as a boxers. You know boxers have that really really deep barrel chest mm-hmm. so I want to get a a little a little less extreme than that <laughs> however still be deep and broad uh so that you can it gives a visual look of a, of a strong dog uh, even if that dog's not the best uh confidently when it walks it, it gives that persona that it is uh the stiples want them to be nice and angle about a uh about a forty degree Angle, just for stifle, cycle, uh, cycle angulation. Uh, nice big, meaty, rear end. Uh, nice bouncy hips. Uh, I like, I like my dogs to be able to move sort of like deer. You know what I mean? When they need to, and, and when they need to move in a straight line and be, and be strong and, and build momentum, they're also able to do that. So I want them to be able to carry both. Uh, as far as size is concerned, I don't want my females, uh, I don't want my females any bigger than about 75 pounds, and my males I don't want them any bigger than uh, about 95 pounds. Um, that, as, as far as I'm concerned. That's why I see a lot of these oldies they get away from what the standard is. And I'm I'm a big guy on standards. So, uh, for instance, my American Bullenbises. Once I'm done, once I've solidified everything, I have to look everything stamp and consistent. I want my dogs to be cropped. Mm-hmm. So uh, my foundation breeding for instance, the pups I have on the ground now, those technically they'll, they'll be dual registered but technically those are they're oldie bulldogs as well as being registered as an American bull and visor. But I'm gonna respect the OD standard and not crop those dogs. Mm-hmm. Even though my American bulldog bullinvisor will be cropped, mm-hmm. I'm not gonna crop them because they're still they're they still should hold their representation as an oldie bulldog as well. So, with that being said, a lot of these guys with the size, they start having these oldie bulldogs that are like above, you know, they're 90 pounds and over, when in actuality, those are, that's when you start to get to the American bulldog territory Mm -hmm. and you stop being true to the standards. If you look back to the Philo Kwan um, era dogs, those dogs were, sorry, Philo Khan, those dogs were, they were small, you know. They were they were like forty, forty to thirty pounds. They're really small, uh, almost staffy bull type dogs that were out there getting, doing the bull work, you know, doing the game work because they had to be small enough to get under, the, the nose of that bull so they can latch on. Mm-hmm. If a dogs too big, it 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 uh, it messes up that that leverage that that little dog would have had and the bull would just meet the dog. You know, the bigger the dog, the harder for it to get, clamp onto the nose of that bull. So, I, that's why I never really understood these oldie bulldogs that are massive. Mm-hmm. Uh, they look cool, they're very impressive, but like I said, it's not the standard. So, um, my, my bull bodgers, like I said, they're gonna be about 95, males, 95 pounds tops. Females, 75, 80 pounds tops, you know. Of course, there'll be some exceptions made uh, when you have hybrid vigor and things like that. You get these big old dogs, yeah. and uh, we'll make exceptions um, accordingly. Yeah. Uh, so, colors, uh, big thing is colors are a big thing these days, and uh, colors that I'm going to be producing it, it will only be accepted as an American Bull American Bull Bison will be on. Um, we're going to get Fawn, red, black, teal, sable, and brindle. Mm-hmm. Those are the only colors that uh will be recognized under the American Bowl and Visor uh standard. Anything outside of that, anything out any Merle, any blue, um been using a lap So obviously there'll have to be some calling on my part to keep that blue out of there. Right. Um but the reason that I'm using Alapaha is because that that the alapaha blood that I'm using brings that very strong, stable temperament that is also also suspicious. Mm-hmm. Um, I needed that little bit of suspicion in order to uh, take the terrier blood that I had and put a little bit more defensiveness towards it and so it's less social, a little bit more suspicious and defensive. Mm-hmm. Um, that way, if I want to do a PSA trial or anything like that. I have a dog with, you know, a certain amount of defensiveness and he'll be able to to compete uh successfully. Oh, there's gonna be no fancy colors. My dogs pretty much all be solid colors. Um no more than thirty percent white on my on my dogs. Um so yeah. That's pretty much it for for them as far as phenotype. Um what they're going to be used primarily for, like I was saying before, uh, a lot of protection work, a lot of hogging, uh, a lot of weight pool. Um, my dogs that don't have, you know, there's always dogs that come out with cameras that are not as strong as others. Mm -hmm. Um, and I have a few people who are very heavy into the emotional support, um, animals. So I have a few, a few pups go to emotional support homes and I just want, uh, I want my dogs to be in, in working homes. What, no matter what the job is, uh, I I hate to see these dogs that are, that have so much potential and they're capable of so much and they just, uh, wind up being these big paperweights that you feed, that you feed and clean up after. So, uh, those are the kind of people I'm trying to surround myself with in order, in order to succeed, um, with, with my breed. Mm -hmm. Uh, is like like-minded people be, being surrounded by like-minded people is, guarantees mm-hmm. success in most cases. So my goal with my dogs is I want to be able to get. Um, I'm gonna start slow, and uh, I want to do PS- PDC with Jersey, um, with my girl Jersey. But uh, for whatever reason, I just after working with her, um, she has given me a lot and and i don't wanna i don't want her and i relationship like we've bonded a lot throughout all of our training and i see me trying to push past uh she can get her p d c no problem. she can get her p s a one no problem um it's just consistency for me but me trying to push her any any anywhere past PSA, PSA one will kind of just be kinda be hard for me her and i relationship have we bonded i don't wanna put that much control on her per se, um, she's not a dog that would respond well to putting all that control over her. Uh, now with the, the her pup now, Red, um, I plan on having him, do, uh, done his PSA one. Uh, I want to say by 18 months, he should have his PSA one. He's very promising, um, very responsive. He does very good when it comes to these trainings. As far as I'm concerned, when he was when Jersey was his age as a pup, he is light years ahead of where she was. Mm-hmm. So uh, that, that's a good sign. So I want I want a lot of my dogs to be you know doing PD, PDC PSA. Um, if I can get every pup that I decide to keep back, uh, it's PDC. I'll be happy. Right. Um, Weight pool jerseys competed in weight pool competitions. I think she has, like, uh, I don't even know how many points. We went to two shows. I think she has, like, 30 points or something or, something or other. Um, so I, I've dabbled in weight pool a little bit. I haven't taken it serious, um, reason being. I just got my new place, so I want to be able to put up a nice track for her so we can get practices going and such. And uh, doing weight pool or doing protection work and being in the military at the same time, it's like almost impossible yeah. because as soon as you get in a good flow with doing protection work, as soon as you and your dog get a good routine going, as soon as you guys get get, get some sort of flow going, that's when the Army wants to drop a field yeah. or that's when you want to go on a deployment or something like that and it and it just kills all the progress you just made. So <clears throat> that's what's happened with Jersey, but like I said, I'm out of the Army in about two weeks now. I'll get my DD-214, so I'll be good to go. Um, so I plan on, uh, just doing a lot of protection work. You know, I'm a part of, uh, Candace Fortis PSA club. And that's what we do twice a week, Wednesdays and Saturdays. We just train our dogs up and, uh, I'm planning this year to be a big, uh, face in the PSA circuit. And as far as weight pull, I have a buddy that's here. We're going to, we're going to turn it up a little bit more. I think I'm going to turn Jersey into a complete. Weight pull dog. I think that's all she's going to compete in. She has so much high energy, um, and she's also one of those dogs that's very social. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I was explaining to you earlier. Some of my dogs, I know they're going to come out just overly social. They'll probably be better as emotional support dogs. Jersey's one of those dogs. Um, I believe in the situation. In the, she will she'll she'll grip a man no problem. She'll go in for a bicep bite. She'll go in for a leg bite, but she doesn't want to do it. That's not where her heart is. And I, and I respect that. I'm not going to force her to be this, you know, high speed protection dog when really what she would excel at and be happier at doing is actually, um, pulling, pulling weight and doing emotional support type of thing. She loves people. So, uh, I can't ask it. And that's what I mean by I'm not going to ask my dogs to do things that they don't want to do. Yeah. That they won't be paid at. Uh, so that's where I'm going to go with Jersey. And uh, that, that's the plan for this year at least. I don't want to look too far into the future. Um, that fills up my plate with too much. And then uh, gives other people expectations that I'm you know, i only one man. So <laughs> as of right now, I'm going to do PSA and, uh, and some weight pool it's a lot of work so i in order for me to be successful i know i gotta take it super slow um take it super slow and make sure the things that i'm pushing out are are top notch as far as health and uh functionality are concerned you know i'm not super concerned on looks uh at this point um at this point in my journey i'm not really concerned with looks the looks will come and that phenotype is one of the easiest things to to adjust and modify when you're doing breedings yeah. but temperament um temperament and functionality those things are are not because you could have two really good dogs with really good temperaments and one dog breathes a little bit better than the other the litters come and they all breathe like crap yeah. you know it's 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 just a crap shoot so I try to spend as much as my uh, much of my time just studying my own dogs. Yeah. This uh, last litter, I had a litter of 11 pups, man. Wow. And I, I 11 puppies. You see, seven of them were gone. Uh, seven of them were sold by the time they were like two weeks old. Seven, seven spots, not puppies. I just, you know, reserve a pup. Right. So seven spots were reserved. By the time those dogs got picked and were gone, I was stuck with four dogs. For the best dogs and they didn't leave till they were like 12, 13 weeks old, man, because I kept them back because I wanted to look at everything they do. I wanted to look at how they change. I wanted to look at how they respond to certain things, their eating habits, their digestive habits, uh, how they breathe, how they, you know, everything, just so I know what I'm keeping back and what I'm bringing into the next generation. Mm-hmm. So most people aren't willing to sit on puppies like that, you know, it's, it's about flipping the dollars for most people. And for me, it's about what I'm actually putting out there because this breed is a representation of me because it's mine. Mm-hmm. So I have to go super slow, <laughs> you know, and it and it can't ever be. I, I can never go into it thinking I'm about to make some money off of these working dogs because the truth is nobody wants to do working dogs anymore. Okay. So these pups, um, my dogs right now are on a kibble called For Health. That's what my pups are on. And it's from Tractor Supply. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've tried every kibble you can think of, man. Uh, there's this stuff called Evo I was trying at one point. I've tried Blue Buffalo Wilderness, the regular Blue Buffalo. I've tried All Friends. I've tried everything. Um, Diamond, Victor, and it, I hate kibble. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I'm just going to throw that out there. Kibble is is pretty much all the same to me. Mm-hmm. So... I, I finally found a kibble, though, that, uh, doesn't give me those those super big traps, you know, those mm-hmm. big, big stools, and, uh, also, um, my dogs like to throw coats, you know, they they, they like to shed a lot, yeah. so this food has kept the shedding down, it's kept, uh, the eyes super clear, nobody has stinky breath, nobody has the tartar in the back of their teeth, um, the energy level's good, uh, their stools are really nice, um, so that's all I can ask from kibble for my puppies. For my adults, I feed my adults raw. Mm-hmm. So my adults, they get uh, they get a supplement. They get a chicken quarter. Some days I'll feed them, you know, a little bit of heart muscle. Some days I'll feed them liver. Uh, some days I'll throw the uh, kefir, the milk kefir in there. Um, I usually swish it up. But for the most part, uh, they're, they're doing chicken quarters and uh, gizzards and some liver. hmm uh, sometimes when I find green, green tripe, it's hard to find here in Texas. So when I do uh, come across green tripe, I grab that too, but I, I keep it, um, different for the adults. So they get kibble and, and they'll get a little bit of raw unless they're in, unless I'm conditioning, conditioning them for something specific. Mm-hmm. When it's trial time, when Jersey needs to go to her PDC, I get her on raw and that's just so she can lighten up a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, her, her, her fast twitch muscles will be working much better and she'll be able to get those bites off uh, a lot better than with kibble. And, it you know, kibble makes them a little bit more cobby, bigger around the waist and things like that. Mm-hmm. What breeds interest you the most that you've never had any real uh, life experience with? Man, the Giant Schnauzer, man. Yeah, yeah, me too. I, yeah. The Giant Schnauzer, I like that dog. I like that dog a lot. Um mm-hmm. I would like to own one uh once I get a little bit more uh, knowledgeable. Mm-hmm. Um I'm pretty knowledgeable when it comes to training and uh when it comes to learning the certain type of drives and things like that. I you know, I'm really good at that. When it comes to breeding, I'm good at that, but I'm not a pro. I am not good enough to get a giant schnauzer, I don't think. <laughs> Cuz those are some bad dogs. Um you know, so that, that, that's a dog I would like to get once my skills get way up there and I'll just, you know, have no doubts or questions. Mm-hmm. Then I'll be able to, so probably like another 15 years, 15, 20 years down the line, I'll grab a giant Schnauzer. Right. Uh, little dogs? <laughs> Let me see. I really like the Min-Pin. Yeah. Min-Pins mm-hmm. are tight. When, they, when they're sharp, they've got it all all together. With their obedience and stuff, they just, they look good and they, and they move very well. Cool. So, uh, men fans, um, I like poodles. Mm-hmm. I like poodles, believe it or not, cause they really smart. Yeah. Super smart. And, uh, you know, they still function. I've seen this video, um, a couple weeks ago, it was a guy who had some poodles in Russia and they were like, they were ratting, man. They were getting these rats yeah. and they, they were getting after it. Yeah. So uh you know the, the Pitter Pat, I really like the Pitter Pat. Yeah. Or just the Straight Patterdale. You know. Yeah. Little dogs that still do their jobs. Yeah. So uh, uh before um I forget, I do want to give a shout out, man. I don't know if you do that, but I'll give a shout yeah. out to uh to Junior Diaz, Royal Blood Kennels. Okay. Uh this guy's been my he's, he's been my mentor, he's been pouring everything he knows into me. Uh he was a big I know you did an interview with Dave Levitt yeah. um before. Uh Arnaldo Diaz is a huge influencer on uh as far as the oldie Bulldogs are concerned, the reason that there are any performance oldies. Uh he was working hand in hand, you know, back in the eighties with with Dave Levitt. Um him and a few other guys, they were all partners and uh you know, everybody went their own way. But uh, you know, I was back from the early eighties and He's given me so much uh knowledge and and so many tips and so much uh schooling that uh he's just given to me, you know, through the years over the phone, um, in person. Uh just wanna shout him out. And if you know, you know if any guys that want some working style type oldie Bulldogs with some old school blood and basically raw as far as can work in in, in many different uh, venues, whether it be emotional support or protection or anything, he's got the, the Old English Bulldogs to do that, man. And and he also has the knowledge, so I just wanted to shout him out real quick. Yeah, absolutely. So I, I slowly once started to get away from the Brian Miller type uh, Bulldogs, because they were just, just too big for me. Right. And I uh, started talking to, uh, to Junior, and it, I probably started talking to him around... Say like 2014, man. And that's been, that's been like a brother to me ever since. And uh, he just, anything you need to know. If you ever want to talk to Bulldogs, if you ever just want some no, no BS down low on certain bloodlines and breeds and things like that, he he's the one who knows. Cause he's, he's been here as far as I'm concerned. He's been here the longest. Mm-hmm. I don't think Dave Leslie even breathes any longer.